This is episode six of an indie web podcast, a name that is still in working beta. My name is David Chansky, and I'm once again joined by Chris Aldrich of bafosaco.com um, to talk about whatever it is we're going to talk about. I'm saying that because sometimes we don't know what we're going to talk about. As we show up, we have a conversation, and it works out. Or at least we don't have horrible feedback yet. Uh, well, we got some very is... nice. We got some very nice feedback. Oh yeah, but n- none horrible so far. And other than about our audio. Th- thanks everybody for holding your tongues. Um, although usually I will admit, most weeks we actually sit down and have a very reasonably planned out set of topics, or something's been burning for a week or two on the back burner that comes to a boil that's interesting to talk about. But well, this time uh, we had a request to talk a little about WordPress. It is a topic that, for some incomprehensible reason, both Chris and I know a lot about. A lot in the sense that we both run WordPress on our websites. Have you, while we're on it, have you actually run anything else recently? Or even in the past? Or has it been WordPress since 06? Since you were 06? No, since 06. Oh, okay. It was going to be like, you know, it's, they just hit their 15th anniversary. and I'm not that young. I didn't think you were quite that young, but, you know, it's possible. Anything's possible. I'm very mature for my age, I guess. <laughs> there you go. But So what was what was the request we had? Well, in terms it, comes of- down to a, it comes down to something of a why. So um, the question that was asked is why PostKind, which I designed, is a taxonomy as opposed to a, a custom post type in WordPress which in order to explain that requires a little background on what exactly I, I'm talking about. Yeah, what's a, what's a taxonomy and what's a... Well, let's start at the yeah. beginning. Um, custom post types, and uh, the term post type is sort of a, a misnomer. It's actually custom content types. Yeah. So the whole idea of post types, and let's see if I can find the official definition of here we are. Uh, WordPress can hold different types of content. A single item of such content is generally called a post, although post is also a post type. So that's where it gets sort of confusing, but so is page. So is attachment. So these would be different types of content types. Now the default one again in WordPress is post. So, so what people so essentially what people generally refer to as blog posts. Yes. But the the same post type is also used to hold things like revisions, uh navigation menus, and uh, now custom CSS. Chain set. So it's used for a lot of different types of content, not necessarily posts. Mm-hmm. Then you have taxonomies. They're methods of classification. So if you go for, once again, I'm going for the official WordPress uh, listed description in their codex. It Basically, it is a grouping mechanism for posts. So this is how you basically tie them together by a common grouping. So they're... Or, yeah. yeah, or a means of like abstracting uh, some 
pre-made programming so that you can do more than one thing with it. Well, category and tag would both be taxonomies. So category basically is hierarchical, tags are not. Uh, but the other one, again, that uh, comes into play is a taxonomy called post format, which is used um, basically to customize presentation of a post. So post kinds, which is called that because in the indie web community, the, uh, they have something called the types of posts. That would be replies, likes, etc. Those are post types in indie web, but they can't be in WordPress because post types are a content type. Mm -hmm. So um, kinds came up as sort of a way of not using a term that was already reserved. Or too heavy with baggage. Well, um, it, for me, it was the reservation. It's If oh. I called it post types, then it would lead to too much confusion. So yeah. when I envision the way that WordPress maps to the indie web, I envision post types as top-level microformats. So this would be H dash. Hmm. So H entry, which is the most common top-level format is basically a format for episodic or date-stamped content. So that sounds like the post post type to me. Yeah. So I basically envision that the post types in WordPress are actually mapped directly to that, which means if I ever did put in, let's say, H event or H review, that would have to be a custom post type in theory. Mm -hmm. Whereas anything that's H entry would go under posts. And I modeled post kinds after post formats, which is basically a way of classifying posts. And there is some associated data with that. But it mostly just tried to map that philosophy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. I could have done it the other way, but can you imagine your sidebar in WordPress where it would show all of the custom post types and having 50 of them down the sidebar? Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tougher UI problem, certainly. And I've even played around with doing that or a version. No, I played that. with it as well early on, but I've, I just decided and sort of fell into this. Mm -hmm. Well, and does that also make it easier to do um, individual, you know, archive pages for those things as well? To some degree, yes. I mean, middly, either way, WordPress makes it easy to do um, archives. You can archive by taxonomy, which is what um, the kind is, or you could do it by post type. And then I guess the other question, too, is how well supported are other plugins that one might use and their ability to hook into either the format versus the taxonomy setup? Well, everything can hook in. And that's always the problem because... <laughs> Excuse me. You try to pick out what it is that you think will be the least intrusive. 
uh, one of the things is if you disable a plugin that provides a custom post type, all your custom post type information vanishes. If you get rid of a taxonomy, then your posts are still there. It's just the details of the taxonomy are, mm -hmm. are gone. So the post content would still be there even if you disabled the plugin. You just wouldn't be able to see the data because it isn't exposed. But being as the data is actually stored in post meta and the taxonomy of the post kind is only used to sort of classify it, mm -hmm. you could have another plugin that would just basically render based on microformats properties stored inside the post. So let's say one day that the taxonomy didn't make sense, all the data is stored in a common format that over time the community has agreed upon. Yeah. Which is microformats properties stored inside metadata for the post type under the prefix MF2 underscore. That is a lot to unpack. Well, that was, um, th this has been an evolution for a long period of time. So every time you write a post on a WordPress site that has, uh, with the exception of uh, semantic link backs, which is a whole other story, and it predates that idea mm -hmm. somewhere on the list to sort of uh, harmonize it. All of the other plugins store their data in a commonly understood area, which is the, in the name of the microformat property, a prefix with MF2. So if you have anything that was made that way, you should see it. You should, Postcons does it, the micropub format does it, and even um, several other plugins actually started doing it. Mm -hmm. And you'd see that in pretty much anything that you come up with. So I have a, a bookmark post here, and stored in there would be the various formats. For example, I tested a podcast one in order to post this podcast, and that has the property of listen in there. Uh, for audio, it has a property of audio. Mm -hmm. So that basically has all of the various details. Which does make it a lot more uh, flexible and extendable, I think. Yeah, the you know there are certainly problems with that approach, but it would mean when you change it, it should move the data over to the correct place. And bits and pieces of it are also a little more flexible in terms of. So you know, in the last month, I think you've added listens, watches, and reads, which yeah. all three are using very experimental micro formats properties if you're using them they're not experimental well if you if you're not using them they're uh, out there and they're in the wild so as a result of these plugins supporting them there's now you know 500 to a thousand sites that foreseeably could be using these which is a good thing so it tends to push it more towards a standard um which also gives you as a programmer a little more clout in terms of adoption and use to pushing something towards a standard. But the nice part is if you, you know, if things move around or somebody comes up with a better way to skin the cat, so to speak, you know, 
a few lines of code and a quick push and suddenly thousands of sites update with whatever this new version of this thing is. Um, yeah, and, uh, and we've tried uh, to do that without messing people up too much, but <laughs> I make some mistakes, I admit it. And, and as you say that, I think of the you know 10 minutes I spent going through, uh, it's, it's, I think it was a month or so ago, the read micro format changed from read to read or read to read of and i think somehow my d database didn't up update itself so i had you know a thousand some odd posts that needed a quick little database update but the nice part was you know and as you said some of some of the posts had no data in them because that's all that was there was literally a title and a url but some of the posts where I made commentary, the commentary still showed up as if the plugin had been deactivated and there was yeah. still a post there. I don't, so, you know, I don't want to them... do that anymore. I don't want to change the <laughs> that and cause some it not to be able to find the data. I have to do something about that the next time I. But the you know that's but the nice part was even if I ha didn't have the plugin, there's something there on a good number of you know these posts, whereas. You know, once I updated it, there was a lot more additional context to go along with it, which is kind of nice. Um, but I think I think I noticed one or two people too in the last week asking about adding additions to post kinds and how easy or hard that is. Um, uh, ideally, um, easy, but ideally not too common. Yeah. Well, ideally not too common, but you know, I think there was I have a feeling it was Ben Word Mueller 3 or 4 years back as a a concept of how can we build a quick plugin for the known platform created a chicken post type that became a fun cute thing so there were a handful of websites that people were building either plugins or setups to be able to post either text about chickens or and for the most part I think the examples I saw were photos of chickens so there was a, a chicken post type um, which actually sounds oddly like a check-in meaning showing your location type of post so sometime earlier this year I thought I would dig into the plumbing of post kinds and create a chicken post kind um and interestingly there was a an article about people in silicon valley uh raising you know really customized genetic chickens so i actually had an actual post i wanted to make that made sense to make with a chicken uh post type uh but it was pretty straightforward to add you know, to cut and paste four lines of code, and I think I modified the bookmark. Well, remember, you don't actually need to paste you. it. You could actually write a plugin that adds to it. I, yeah, but that, you know, that was going a little further and farther beyond, you know, probably both my skill set and my the amount of time I wanted to put well, I'm into just saying it. I, I did build it that way to make it very easy to add one. But... So over so time, then, it's got easier. But one of the things is I'd prefer to reserve terms 
um, for future use to make sure that there's some consistency in how they show up, even if I have never implemented them or built an interface. So right now, I have what you would expect. Article, note, reply, repost, like, favorite, bookmark, photo, video, audio. Um, I have RSVP. I have listen. I have watch. Check-in. But I also have a bunch that are disabled. For example, I have tag. So tag is something that I know at some point I'm going to want to do. Tagging people. Mm-hmm. So the, the word is in there, and it's actually all set up. Uh, same thing... I have Wish. Uh, let's see. Play is currently enabled. I have Weather. Someday I'll get to Weather. I was going to say, you've got a lot of infrastructure actually already that creating a weather... You, you've got... Because with simple location, you've got a huge amount of weather data. Well, the whole idea is weather... would, um, and It's been talked about as a post where it's just the weather. So um, the same thing, if you have a a note that has location, that is a note with location. If you are posting a check-in, that's where pretty much the entire purpose of your post is to talk about your location. Mm -hmm. So I can have any post that has weather as a property, but this is where weather is the whole subject. Well, and ostensibly for that, you know, one or two snow days where the weather is, you know typically out of the ordinary or when you're sitting in maybe a hurricane and you want to make your hurricane post. Well, there are crazier ideas. Um, there was something that Aaron Parecki once talked about, about having his house have a website. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I've been in on one or two of those conversations having bought and sold a house in the last year. So imagine that your weather station had a website and it kept posting the weather. So that wouldn't necessarily be a human thing. That would sort of be, what if, you had an yeah. automated system and it just kept posting weather posts. Which is not bad. But you've got all the infrastructure in there. You just need to create a view yeah. to and suck some of that data in and, you know, create a, you know, a, a much more rich. And there are other think. ones where, you know, I have them in there, but I'm not sure if I'm going to reconsider putting them in. For example, I have trip and itinerary and while um, there isn't an official micro format for it. The only person who's done much with it is Aaron again, and he's done it as a top level property. Mm-hmm. So, so he has the experimental, I think it's H trip. I always have to check the wiki about this. So Aaron publishes um, trips, and I think he's doing it again by. An experimental format, which is again a top-level property. Well, I think he actually there was some conversation I saw in one of the chats earlier this week about him kind of revisiting that. Yeah, but the joke. thing is, if it becomes a top-level property, then for me that becomes a custom post type. Yeah. So I'm saying, based on my philosophy that I'd want to be consistent with, I still have the taxonomy reserved in case I ever use it. But it might be that one day I go in. And and see that I'm going to implement it as an H trip, and I'm just looking. Um, here we are. He has. This is. Um, I looked at one of his upcoming posts. So on October 26, 2018, he's flying from San Jose to Portland. On his site, this is an upcoming itinerary, and he's doing itinerary as an H entry with um, 
an itinerary property with, where the itinerary property has nested H legs. So if I reproduce this formatting, that would make an itinerary a basically a um, basically a post kind. But let's say that I went the other way. So here's let's find a trip he already took and see did he mark that up with the format he was talking about. So that's I have one of his past trips where he went from. He went uh, apparently from Portland down to San Francisco, which he seems to do regularly. And that is in the past, where it was marked up with all the details. And he marked that up as an experimental uh, H-PK trip. So PK being his experimental heading. Mm -hmm. So he does have an experimental H trip format for trips in the past. But according to this, that's still, looking here, he still embedded that inside of an H entry. Yeah. So that means, uh, assuming I decide to follow his lead, which I often do on the basis that he's ahead of me, I would do that. I also have you know things in there like eat and drink, uh, follow, which I think you're, you enabled follow. Yep. Yeah. I... Now... If, Follows a bit complicated because I haven't quite figured out what the interface would look like. So if anybody wants to help me on you know, sort of a mapping out of design, it's what would a what would the presentation look like? It's always been the issue with a lot of these. Yeah, well, that's kind of why I added it. It was a piece of data I wanted to be able to track as I started following either new people or new sites. Well, then or you need to subs subscribe to their feeds. Um, the Perhaps. reverse of a follow post. Um, but yeah. I wanted to start at least playing around with capturing some data and displaying some piece of it. So part of what I'm doing even with my follows on my website is to play around with what kind of data should be in a follow, how should it look. So there's, you know, to some extent, there's a little bit of consistency to how they look on my site. But each one is slightly different, and a lot of it is, you know, manually done or handwritten code to play around with various versions of what does following a company or a business look like versus what is following a person or, how, you know, in some cases, too, uh, it's, it comes down to my follows for people who are within the indie web who you know are playing around with three or four of the big building blocks follows for them look drastically different than following people who are kind of playing around the old way where they you know you can't just follow them in one spot you have to follow them in 50 different sites or locations and so what does a follow for that old version look like versus what it, what is a, a follow for you know, somebody like Aaron Parecki look like when you can follow them in one spot. Well, following somebody in one spot is probably easier. Oh, far easier. <laughs> but even at that, if you follow me, maybe you're you're not interested in what I'm eating or drinking. So you want to follow me, but follow me without those bits of data coming into your feed stream. And well, that's on my list somewhere to offer the ability to filter the main feed and then have an all feed 
somewhere else. Yeah, sure so I have, at some point. yeah, but with postkinds, there's, you know, a, a relatively easy way of throwing a URL in there that will allow you to follow multiple kinds or multiple types or even multiple tags or, tags or categories in my instance um, so that you can get everything that you want to get out of it. Um, of course, you may have to build a really incredibly long URL to to get that stream specifically, but I try and make it at least available for people who want some of this and some of that, but not all of the rest. Yeah. So again, I might make something that's a little more presentation based. So. But it's always a matter of what you can do. But there are even more of these. I have, let's see, Jam. Uh, we have Read, Quote. Those are all online. I have Mood. Mood is currently reserved. Um, and that's because somebody wanted it. Is there only, I think, only one person using it, right? Yeah, and uh, she basically developed it as an extension. I reserve the kind for future use. Because I looked at her site and tried to figure out what she was doing with Mood to try and recreate it myself, and I I think there was some piece of code missing from the repository I saw that wasn't making it render or appear. Yeah, there was basically a... There was basically sort of a plugin that added some extra things, which would be the name of the mood and a percentage mood value. Okay. So that was implemented, but what I did was I reserved it. Even though I didn't implement that part of it, I reserved the the kind to actually just hold on to it. Yeah. Yeah, so that includes, uh, what was it, mood type... Uh, percentage from zero to 100% of how of that mood you felt. So it, I don't know if it's quite there or whether or not I'm going to pursue it in the near future. Like everything else, who knows? Um, there's also, let's see, recipe. Now, recipe is a top-level format, so it probably should be a post type. But I don't know whether or not that should be in the same plugin, but I did hold on to the the word just in case. So let, let's backtrack for a second while we're here and define what you mean by a top level. Okay, well, let's, um, let's talk about microformats for a moment. So microformats basically are ways of marking up content. Uh, so you can mark up, you know, people, organizations, events, locations, products, reviews, etc., so you have to start and keep going down by various levels. So you start out with what the most common, which is H-entry. Now, H-entry reflects usually um, time or date stamp content, so that's usually a blog post. But you have other options. See, I'm just trying to find a good list here. Uh, let's see, you have H-address, H-card, H-entry, H-event. HVD, HGO, HITEM, HLISTING, HPRODUCT, HRECIPE, RESUME, REVIEW, or apparently REVIEW AGGREGATE. So the official definition, let me just see if I have one here. Uh, let's see. I just want to see if I can find here where H are root class names, according to the microformats wiki, which would be basically the top So level. those are those are kind of the biggest level. And I, I kind of liked... Um... Greg McVary came up with a 
a nice analogy of thinking about these things in boxes. So if you're going to have a, an H review, that's the big, big box at the top level. And inside that are smaller bits and items that you would tend to find or see within a review itself. And you can and nest the, these root properties inside other ones. So when I say top level, I'm referring to the top of, any, of the tree without any nested things under it. So kind of in an H entry, you might also see an H card that indicates the person who authored the post yes. or the piece. And then within that H entry, there are data that relate to their name, their URL, their maybe their email address, and their actual physical address. I'm just convinced somewhere listening to this podcast in the future is at least one person who's better at microformats than either of us. Oh, I, there's five or six second names. No, I'm um, saying that we're, we're either oversimplifying it or making a mistake of fact. Well, there's that, but I think the toughest part uh, for most who don't have direct um, experience with it, and typically if you're going to do that, you're going to go to the microformats.org site or wiki and kind of dig through some code. But I, I think the toughest part most people have with microformats is just getting the general concept of what it is and why would why would I want to use them. Which I, both you and I can definitely speak to. So, you know, there may be some s small subtleties that, you know, Martine or, you know, Gregor Love will come at us with. Um, but I think those, while we're on such a semantic topic, are little semantic niceties that we you know may gloss over so yeah and as i said it may be that because something like recipe has to be again one of these higher level things it might be that that's a separate plugin mm -hmm. i'm not sure if it belongs in postkinds although you know with all the importing thing it might end up in there well the that, same and thing with review or event those are things that are very different than a, a than a standard post. Well, even things like H recipe, I could see as being one of the micro formats that could be nested within itself. What nested uh, inside a inside of an H entry? Yeah, so you could have a recipe that covers. Let's say you're making a pie. Almost every book on baking or pie making or cooking in general that covers pies typically will have a recipe for the crust and then they'll have a separate recipe for the filling. So you could have one H recipe for the pie itself that has a subnested H recipe for the pie crust. Yeah, but it still would be it would still not be an H entry. It would not be a timestamp. Mm -hmm. At least not in the in the sense that you'd expect it. Now Again, you know, things do have timestamps. So I'm just looking at people who are, while we're talking, who are posting recipes, and they all are posting them as H recipe. And again, I'd separate that out from traditional H entry. But again, mm -hmm. there are ways to do it. If I wanted to not do that, I could basically write a small piece of code that would, in the event that it was a recipe, it would replace H entry with H recipe. Mm -hmm. So it's doable, but I would foresee. That, an, that a recipe should have a very different post interface. So it's not centered around content. 
a recipe is a recipe. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't necessarily have a content box. You would more likely have steps. So the interface would look completely different. Yeah, and much more complex, much more complicated. I think particularly if you're implementing it in something like WordPress, which is you know designed a little more as a, and you know people will hate us for saying this, but designed more as a blogging engine or platform rather than a pure content management system. Those are fighting words for someone. Although, you know, although you know there are lots of plugins and ways to extend WordPress to make it more CMS like. Um, but I think that's one of the hard parts about creating H recipe setups, and you know maybe even why it doesn't exist in post kinds in a broader context is because the flexibility and design of creating a recipe for a website is and making it extensible is much harder than doing something for a blog post or even a simple follow post that and i never write down my recipes (laughs) what good what good cook does unless you're running a restaurant sometimes i feel as if i am I'm actually making food right now. I've been making it uh, for over 24 hours. I'm cooking uh, food uh, sous vide style. So does that mean you should have a a cooking post type as well? I don't know. For me, you know, there are people who post pictures of their food. Uh, For me, I occasionally mention when I'm doing something, but for me, it's more of a note. It hasn't really grown into its own thing yet. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that's that's how that's how you judge how how heavily somebody is into their cooking is whether they they treat it as a note or they've got their own custom post type for it. Yeah, well, I'll have to decide whether or not my uh, dinner for tomorrow night, when it is finally ready, is worthy of a post of any sort. I mean, I guess I do have enough notes that are or could be considered of a cooking type that maybe I. Maybe I should actually make a a cooking post type. I, I do accept submissions. <laughs> but other than oh. that, I do have issue. Issue is currently enabled, but I enabled issue, uh, which is a type of reply, basically because there was bridgey support for GitHub, and I wanted to support that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's question, which is a post type for soliciting answer replies. Uh, so that requires a little more interfacing. Is anybody using that one yet? Oh, what question? Yeah. Are you talking about? Um, is there a design for or, it? Or well, no, no. I mean, is anybody that you're aware of using it in the wild? Uh, no, but it's basically uh, you would publish a question post in order to get answers to your question and get others to vote on the answers. Um, so that basically is it's not well enough defined that I nobody's actually implemented it. Yeah. Um, I also have a sleep kind reserved, and this comes to basically I have a bunch of metrics. So I also have exercise; they're they're reserved for that type of use, mm-hmm. where I would have to figure out the properties and what I wanted to do with it. And of course, uh, the one that you asked me to put in acquisition, which is reserved, which would be purchases, gifts, found things, or items donated. So these are all okay. things that I've held. In there for future use. 
And are, which ones are ones you're using personally that aren't uh, default activated, but that you're playing around with um, either on the backside privately or uh, none directly? I'm, I'm working on other things right now. Yeah, okay. Um, for example, uh, let's see, what am I doing? Uh, I assume, as I was telling you briefly before we started recording, uh, I'm in the midst of a uh, basically a creepy avatar issue. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, apparently, and this goes to um, what I consider to be bad decisions that uh, WordPress made years ago, I tried to implement the an icon, was told that that icon uh, was problematic, switched to another generic icon, and was told that it looked like a spy man, and it was, to quote someone, hella creepy. Yeah. Uh, well, that wasn't the only person, because I also have a statement uh, here uh, from the creator of the Semantic Linkbacks plugin that I put all of this in, stating that he had received commentary that the um, default, it looks too much like spam or phishing. So it will be removed because people think it looks too creepy one way or the I, other. I do think it did look pretty good on all the spam posts as I was cleaning out my spam folder the other day. I was like, wow, this is actually not a bad a bad thing that it kind of makes all my spam seem even more spammy to some extent. Although the, I, the tough part for me was the fact that spam actually had a visible icon actually made it a little harder to filter through it because one of the things I use as a, an additional indicator of the fact that something is spam is that somebody is not actively using an av their own avatar. Um, well, let me try to explain. Um, I have a tendency to end up in these rabbit holes of things that I think sound like a good idea and they end up all over the place. Um, so this starts out with Gravatar. So Gravatar is what WordPress uses in order to present its profile images. Uh, so insanely, um, 15 years after WordPress um, came into existence, and they just celebrated the first basic release, uh, we have this problem where what they did back in the past is something they would never do today. So WordPress is dependent on Gravatar, which is a third-party provided service. Although a third-party provided service that's owned by Automatic, which also it's, creates WordPress.com. Yes, but it's not... Well, again, WordPress, as installed by us, is an open-source project. But having an open-source project that depends on a third-party service that will cause the system to fail, if mm -hmm. it's not available, is not an idea that they would have accepted today, but it's already in, so... It's too late for that decision now. And yeah. So um, the traction on this has been somewhat ridiculous. So it, um, just to give you an example, and I have this written down here. And for those who aren't aware, even more interesting, Gravatar uses one's email address as a, the key, essentially, by which their image or avatar is displayed. Do you have a feeling in to a great extent in a lot of the post GDPR world that may make Gravatar an even tougher. Well, that's what started this. Everybody was commenting on privacy. 
Um, for me, it's optimization. So uh, let's just go back in time a bit. Um, so WordPress core track ticket number 14682. I'm sure you're, you're tracking. You've read it. That's a that's a tiny short number too comparatively. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're um they're up to what like forty four thousand. So this is uh, eight years ago. Uh, reported privacy leakage, Gravatar leak identity information. So while the email address is not published, if the site has Gravatars enabled, the identity of the commenter is revealed. Not only persistent, but there are ways to figure out what the email address is with the hash and to basically be common. So um, that dates back again eight years for somebody commenting mm -hmm. on that. Now, that's eight years ago. Um, let's go back to the idea of, of storing your avatar locally. So WordPress doesn't allow you to have your own avatar stored on the site for your user account. Uh, that request was opened up as a track ticket in track ticket number 16020 seven years ago. Uh, so we have seven years and, uh, let's see, 61 comments and no action. We can keep going. Yeah. So then oh. we get to five years ago. So five years ago, somebody suggested that uh, Gravatar should only be used for registered users. And it shouldn't be used for anybody who just shows up and puts their email address in because back to privacy. Mm -hmm. So that's basically eight years of conversations about this problem. Now, it gets even better. Um, there Originally, there were several plugins that would, instead of going out to Gravatar, that you could install that would basically take your email address and your information and generate a random one. Now, if you went into WordPress and looked under Settings, they, under Discussion, there's a list of default avatars. So not only do you have the Mystery Man, and blank and the Gravatar logo. So now we have um, the an option of showing a logo for a third-party service. Uh, you have the option of four generated ones, Identicon, Wavatar, Monster ID, or Retro. So these are all generated based on the comment itself. Uh, except if you go back to April 22nd, 2008 on the Gravatar blog, uh, they announce that they have absorbed all of those things that were originally independent plugins that are now no longer maintained as independent plugins. Yeah. Yeah. So basically these are, these are options that are offered in WordPress and they're all running through Gravatar. Now bear in mind, none of these things are hosted. If you go and you do not have an email address in your comment, which remember web mentions would not most yeah. of the time, although the web of the semantic link box software does attempt to find one if it's posted on the person's site. But if you've gone to all the trouble of putting in an email address, you probably have a profile image. Mm -hmm. But here's the interesting part. It takes that mystery person, the mystery man or what have you, and it funnels it through Gravatar. So your image is still being served, even if you have no email address, through Gravatar. doesn't matter. You're not actually using it. Jeez. So the, um, I was reading the code for this. So what I decided was I would go and store and offer a local one. 
And so I started, I put the local one in and followed, you know, the standard instructions for adding an extra default gravatar and discovered that even though I was serving it locally, it was still being served through WordPress.com. Namely, i2.wp.com, which is basically uh, their CDN. So if you send a custom, um, if you send a, put in an extra default avatar, then it still goes to Gravatar, finds out it has no icon, and then serves yours through their CDN. So it's not serving the one locally? No. That is insane. Now, or, or is it the case that somebody, are you using Jetpack? No. Nope. And then Jetpack is nope. actually saving a copy to their CDN and then serving nope. that? I okay. don't have Jetpack installed. Okay. So you're seeing you're seeing how I ended up where I ended up messing up a bunch of people's sites. Um, oh, jeez. I, I fixed it. I'm waiting for um, it to be merged in. So this started to annoy the heck out of me. Um, so I went in and wrote this code where if there was no semantic linkbacks URL. So semantic linkbacks stores an avatar URL if it finds one. If it doesn't find one, it's blank. So mm -hmm. I basically said, if it's blank, just serve this local file. Don't even go out to Gravatar at all. And I discovered that as a result of that, there were a bunch of people whose generic posts got overridden because I didn't implement the setting clearly. So it should mm -hmm. have been that only if you selected this default local Gravatar yeah. that was under default avatar would it do that. It was doing it all the time. So I'm Basically, my setting wasn't clear enough. Yeah. So that's being that's been fixed, and the new version, which is waiting, actually does something a little different. So what it does is it goes out to Gravatar. If you have basically, if you choose one of these locally hosted um, files, and what I did was in the last version is I pulled it um, the creepy one out. And instead, I'm offering a locally stored version of the Mystery Man. Yeah. The Mystery Man being the one that's that you usually see. Wait, I, ca I can't use a Monster ID? What? You can use a Monster ID, but if you use a Monster ID, then it's going out to Gravatar. Oh, so okay. I basically um, limited the code. So there are going to be two options. There's going to be a generic silhouette, and there's going to be the traditional Mystery Man. And if you use either of those, and only either of those, will it override the Gravatar stuff and it will do it in two ways. If you don't have an email address, it won't even try to go to Gravatar. So if your comment is email addressless, it will go out and, and serve this file directly from your server. If you have an email address, it'll go out to Gravatar. It will see whether or not there is a Gravatar. If there is a Gravatar, it'll store that So it won't store it locally because currently, while it's a request, um, storing avatars locally is not an implemented feature in semantic linkbacks. Mm -hmm. Instead, what it'll do is it'll store the URL of the gravatar telling the system that there was a valid gravatar at the time. If not, it'll store the local file. So basically, whatever default avatar you had at the time that you generated the comment, that will be your permanently stored image for that unless you manually change it. So here's a question though. It's one of the things I like about how Gravatar does work 
and how parts of most of the indie web work as opposed to services like Twitter and Facebook is that there is when you've you have your email address and you can have multiple email addresses in Gravatar and each one of them can be mapped to a specific avatar. So you can have, you know, John at gmail.com be one avatar and John boy at gmail.com as another email address that you own be a, a totally different avatar. And then Three years down the line, you want to change your your Gravatar. You just you go log into your account and you change it, and then that, in to because of the way they're served, it changes it everywhere on the web that was serving it up. And similarly, in the indie web instance, I can create my own permalink URL that points to a specific photo and if I want to change that off in the future I can change that but then when I've sent web mentions anybody who saves it it it's pointing back to a file that I can change and have control over on my site so if I don't like how my avatar looks on your site I can change the photo that's served up when that happens so you're saying that that's not going to necessarily be the case Oh, wouldn't that be the case? This, um, no, this would be still be the case. It's gonna. Oh, so it's gonna. If you have a if you have a gravatar and you're you've provided an email address, it works exactly the way it should. Okay. Now, bear in mind, um, it the code has been tuned because, as I said, there was a the parameters were set a bit broadly. It will only do this for basically. Comments enhanced by semantic linkbacks, which means we'll not do it for regular comments. So comments that have been enhanced by all web mentions, pingbacks, and trackbacks are a, a type of comment. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that semantic linkbacks works on, mostly web mentions. So it will only work if the original source was a linkback of some kind. Otherwise, or it completely goes back to the default code. Yeah. Or what about the case where someone has sent a web mention and there are four or five people I know who haven't set or don't have a proper H card with a, an image to be served. So they're, when they're sending web mentions, they're sending them, but they're doing it without an avatar. And I have a feeling a number of them just don't know how to go in and set it so that the their avatar appears properly more then, so than more so than that I, I am trying to protect my privacy and I, I don't want you to have my photo. Then it um, will go to one of these. It will go to so, whatever you said is the default avatar. So it'll go to the default avatar. But what about the case that I know what their email address is and I know they have a Gravatar account and I dump their email address into that field. Then, then what happens? Then it goes out. Um, you would basically erase the, the default and it would go out the next time and it would store that that particular person now had a gravatar. Okay. I think I've done that manually one or two times for people who I know. Yeah. So all you'd have to do now that there's an avatar URL thing, you would just blank it out, put in the email address, update it, and it would 
just accept it. Yeah. So the thing is, this is just to design it so that it doesn't go out every single time and look. Yeah, or every time you load a page or... Yeah, um, so the first time it loads, it attempts to load the comment and display it. It will see, wait a minute, I have an email address. Do I have a Gravatar? It'll go look up and see if there's a Gravatar. It will save that it found it one. If there isn't one, it'll save that it didn't find one. Okay. It doesn't cache that information on the theory that um, we're mirroring the semantic link facts behavior. So the behavior is that whenever you do a comment, it pulls down the the image as it appeared at that time. So if you subsequently change your H cards photo, mm-hmm. it would st- it would not update unless you sent a update web mention. It would not update that image. So it's the same okay. basic idea. We're using whatever the link you were re- we retrieved originally was. And then what happens in the case of, let's say, and probably that one of the more pressing reasons to even have something like this is web mentions that I get from Bridgie that are being backfed from Twitter, let's say. So you and don't, so you're running uh, out of other places. Facebook is dead. <laughs> Yeah, Facebook is, you know, at least some know thus far is dead and is not sending, is not going to be sending that data anymore or not making it available. Um, But I do have a few posts where there are, in fact, I've got one post, I think, that's got, you know, 400 some odd comments and or web mentions on it. And easily half of the half of the avatars are now missing from the original almost a year ago because that many people are constantly changing their profile photo on Twitter and Twitter doesn't save it in the same, at the same URL. So every time it changes, it literally, you get a well, new URL. And what all you want is, is issue number six. <laughs> it's that old, that well, old. Huh? Well, let's put it this way. Um, there is an issue open on, the semantic link backs thing. It is issue number six. And issue number six uh, dates back as a request to, let's see here, I have it here, June 15th, 2014. Cache okay. avatar images locally. So one of the reasons was to speed load, but the um, and right now it's being served from wherever it came from. Mm-hmm. But you have the other problem that um, they do disappear over time. Not because the person wanted to, but because things happen. So is it checking to see if it 404s and if it 404s it's going to give me the default? Uh, no, it's not doing anything right now. Okay. I'm saying if there are two options. Um, number six suggested that at the time that the web mention is retrieved that we should cache a local copy of the avatar image. Uh, so this is a long-standing idea that the, there would be a copy of the image locally. Mm-hmm. And that image would be stored. So in the event that you Pulled the picture down, we'd still have a copy. Uh, the problem with that is it's problematic as now that um, there's this privacy concern uh, because now we're storing data on people. Yeah. But we were doing that anyway. Um, so the question is, what do you do? Um, now, one of the options is what you just suggested is that um, if the image 404 is that we basically say that it's no longer available. The problem with that is how often are you going to check? Is it every time the image is displayed you're seeing? 
because remember when you're putting in a link you're not actually going out to the file we'd have to go and ping the site every single time somebody retrieved yep. it possibly caching that information for a period of time i think at some level it's easier to just store the image mm -hmm. and like anything else tell people that in the event of a request we take down the old image But again, uh, that's a bit more complicated. Or just send me the email to your Gravatar account. And we'll do it that way. But then you're stuck with having well their email stored. Well, I don't know. At one point um, last week, I jokingly suggested that um, somebody should try to re-implement the um, Gravatar interface using WordPress. So your WordPress site would be basically a use the Gravatar API. Yeah. Oh, that might that might not be bad. No, it would not actually be that hard to do. It would be sort of funny where you were basically querying your own site for that information. You could, uh, you know, you could maybe build that into uh, the indie auth plugin, and not only use it to authenticate yourself, but uh, you know, I I wouldn't build it into the plugin. I, I thought about it, not into the plugin, but I'm saying I thought about building that just sort of as a separate plugin where you'd basically be able to upload images into your user account and mm -hmm. then it would be able to query it and it would just return the image. Gravatar as a service. Well, self-hosted. And then all you'd have to do is just change the URL, except if you um, read the code, you can't actually change without rewriting the entire thing. You can't actually change um, the code in WordPress to, because it's hard coded to Gravatar. Oh Yeah. And I um, I have a bunch of thoughts about that. After all this, I actually re um, implemented my WordPress core development environment. Oh, yeah? It may be time for me to send some patches that nobody will care about. Yeah. I'm saying that from experience. Well, that that's better than the, uh, you know, 10 years of issue queue comments with no response. Yeah, well... I haven't quite given up, but if you are interested in um, something that I, I think um, has some very good options, there is a plugin called Avatar Privacy. Yeah. Now, the developer has offered to um, work to make sure that it works well with semantic linkbacks. I haven't really um, dug into that. But the current developer is active. Um, basically, they took the plugin over from somebody who had uh, abandoned it some years earlier. So the new developer is active and um, is aware of semantic linkbacks long before I contacted him. Oh, so, that's good. Yeah. Um, so basically, he offered to work with us. Um, avatar privacy um, includes um, local avatar caching to ensure the privacy of your website visitors, uh, letting users and commenters explicitly opt in before using Gravatars. Oh, nice. It won't publish encrypted email addresses for people who are not members of Gravatar. And it uses default avatar images hosted on your server rather than Gravatar.com. Nice. So um, I actually, beyond what I did in Semantic Linkbacks, I just like, sort of like to make the work, these work together. Mm -hmm. And I think we could sort of link in where the, um, the URLs could be cached by this rather than us implementing our own cache. Yeah. Again, it implements a lot of nice privacy things. So one of my projects may be some, after this, may just sort of be trying to link into an existing plugin and making this recommendation. 
Yeah. Or at least until you get around to going full full bore and adding everybody who comments in as a new user within the user's database. Oh, you remember I thought I might do that at some point? <laughs> well, I, I could see having that be an interesting way to go too, particularly if you're going to start person tagging people. Yeah, that's why but, I, it would basically be a, what they call a nicknames cache. It would be creating files on people. And that would also make it easier for syndicating things out to other sites like, you know, micro.blog and Twitter is you could have a user database and here's the user and their website name. And then here are their accounts on 15 other services so that when I want to tag them and syndicate out, all that data is held on my back end essentially as a master Rolodex to make doing all those other functions a lot easier. And then suddenly you also have the ability with enough data in there to host your own Rolodex on your own site at the same time as everything else you're doing. Well, that's why I considered doing it. But it comes to, there's this whole big idea that we have to keep accepting certain things that we don't like. Which is, yeah. I don't like the fact that. So I have two choices: I could fix it in core, or I could implement it in a plugin. And I went with. I'll probably try both. Yeah. Well, or is that? And I haven't looked at it, but is that user database? Does that have a user meta? It does. That you can. I use add, it. You can add additional data there. Well, um, I actually use it there all the time. So now if you went into your user meta, and there are plugins that will allow you to see it. Um, for example, you're aware that um, the IndieWeb plugin adds some additional profile fields? Yeah. Those are stored in user meta. Now the simple location plugin adds in um, a location for you which is last reported location. Mm -hmm. So it's not current location, although you could always use it for that. It basically is, is storing that there. There are a lot, there are a lot of these little things that I, um, that I've set up in certain ways that I don't think anybody realized because I'm not doing anything interesting with them. So, (laughs) well, it's always yet, but if you looked at simple location and you suggested the original version of the feature, it has update author's last reported location on new post. So um, the way that it was set up based on, again, you you made the original suggestion was every time you post a post with a location, it will update the last reported location, which is basically the location property in the user. Now, if you go into your user profile and you have simple location enabled and you scroll mm-hmm. down to the bottom, it actually, you can click a button that will allow you to use a current location. Yeah. Too much. You're giving away all your secrets now. No, I probably have some bug fixes to do there. So uh, to go back to our original, we've now sidetracked about three or four different times. It's been fun, Uh, though. But, you know, there's there's a lot here, and I think folks who are playing around in the WordPress world will 
slowly see bits and pieces of what's going on kind of uncovered. Uh, but to go back two or three steps, you mentioned earlier, and I, you know, I've played around with hard coding in a chicken post type on my website. But you said it was relatively easy to create a plugin to do those kind types of. So I'm curious what the outline of doing that looks like. Oh, uh, simple. One step. There's a filter called kind info. All you'd have to do is basically it um, filters the array of properties for all of the kinds. All you have to do is add a function to that filter that adds your kind in. That's about three lines of code. You or at least to add the to add the filter, but then you'll still need a few lines of code for. Well, you need the the the, the, the name and the micro format and the yeah. That's basically you know, all that. All those pieces. It's three lines of code to add it in, and then you need the basically the array of properties. And then a um, the image is a different it, is a different thing. So the oh, image so, you'd have to supply one, and then you'd have there's a filter on the image search because you okay. wouldn't have it included in our file. So I deliver a file with all of the um, icons together. Uh, so I think yeah, I yeah. think that's the toughest part. Is I think I figured out how to add the icon. Or hard code an icon in, but I haven't been able to figure out how to force that icon to show up. Uh, there's a filter in the uh, the post itself, I think. So what you'd have to do, there are two filters. One, you'd have to substitute a new file, and the filter substitutes a file based on the kind. So you'd basically have to say, if it's this kind, switch from the default file to my file. Mm-hmm. By the way, that also means that you could actually replace all of the icons with one sync in a plugin by just redirecting yeah. it to a file that had all of them. It's making me itchy. Yeah, well, everything is changeable. I tried to make it so that if you were a themer, you could actually theme everything without... You can take control of how it renders. You can take control of what icons are used. You can take control and add additional kinds, although, as I said... Um, it's really something you think people would want. I'd rather you ask first. Yeah. Because I might just put it in anyway, even if I'm not enabling it. Well, then that, you know, things like that make it a whole lot easier. If I steadfastly re- if I steadfastly refuse to reserve the name for you, feel free to do what you want. But yeah. If I say, fine, I'll reserve the name, even if I'm not ready to use it, at least you have a consistent name. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know... I'm half tempted to do a pull request with the chicken type just for the fun of it. But honestly, I I might I might accept it. I don't I don't think anybody else would could or sh- should want to do this thing. <laughs> and 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 the the other problem too is I I don't think I don't I'm unless I'm missing something somewhere. I don't think there is a really good chicken icon in in the font icon set yet. <laughs> I'm sure we could track one down. I, f- I found there was a good feather, and I was like, okay, that's about as close as I may, may be able to get. Um, I've, I keep searching until I find an icon that's licensable that I can stick in. <laughs> but either way, anything that you wanted to do with post kinds, you don't need me. 
And again, it's yep. open source. You don't need me anyway. But what I'm saying is you don't need to send a pull request to do all this stuff. I designed it that way. Yeah. And I designed it to base. And that's why I said at one point, if I wanted to, I could separate out the taxonomy from the rendering part. Well, I think then, then the missing piece is having a a sample si- a sample side plugin that does exactly this that serves as an example for because I you know I'm right at the border of being able to actually do all that myself. But you're talking about a plugin that would just show how to add one. Yeah, no. So if you had a chicken plugin, let's say, as an example of this is this is how you would do it, which then you know, then it's easy enough to go in and change literally, I think, five words and the icon itself, and then suddenly anyone is able to go in with a little bit of description and discussion add that stuff because I think you've done a good job of creating. Uh, a template system that you can and it wasn't always there if you, if you yeah oh no code, I, I rebuilt it with that philosophy later on but i i think that it's nice and i i, I had the list the other day because i updated it but i think the i've got a handful of the po- post kinds that other than chicken which you have would have to hand code everything yourself but i'm Ones that aren't don't have a default that are but that are reserved or don't have a full display. I think I'm using follow, wish, acquisition, exercise, and then I'm using eat and drink. But I think those have kind of reasonable defaults built in for display that you don't have to custom make something. Oh, there actually is some code for it because of um, I think I set it up because of teacup. Yeah, I haven't actually I haven't used it with teacup yet. Well, I again I think I just set it up so that it would it would set it properly. Yeah. Um, so this code it, from that looks at the micropub submission and basically sets the taxonomy. Yeah, but if you go into the code and you change the true to false, both eat and drink will kind of work, or do something out of the box without any other work, other than changing the true to or the false to a true. But some of the other ones, like Wish and Acquisition, you actually have to create a template. Yeah, which is back to... At some point, I'll create one, and someday you'll show up and see that I added something different. Um, but I think it's... There's a reasonable enough default, even something like Bookmark. You can copy the template of Bookmark and move it over and then create your own template to get something out of the system. That's why I tried to build it that way, as opposed to the other thing where everything's hard-coded. I moved over time to this sort of system where if you want to, and the best example is um, the independence theme, which uh, is the only one that actually does implement this. And this is uh, Michael Bishop's. Yeah, so he basically implemented his own version of the basically the templates that render the microformats properties. 
so he can display them in different ways. So he has, like I do, he has a generic one that um, does any unrecognized kind, and then he has more specific ones that change the presentation of things like bookmark to exactly what he wants. Mm -hmm. But again, it means he doesn't have to go and hack the plugin. Yeah. And that was sort of the goal. I don't want anybody to have to do that. I want everybody to basically do what they want. <laughs> so so you're of the philosophy don't hack core and don't hack the plugin. Which is not a bad philosophy to have, honestly. Well, the thing is if you're ha you're hacking the plugin, it means that I didn't make it flexible enough for you to be able to do what you wanted. Mhm. Mm so well, that's where I tend to go, which is if you if you come to me and say why can't I do this? And I have to hack the plugin to make that work, then I should be making it so you can do that even if I don't care. Mm -hmm. Um so I do care, but I can't do everything and sometimes I don't want to. For example, one of the earliest requests that I've steadfastly refused to implement because I don't want to is multi-kind. Yeah. There you know, there's a flag in there for it that's sort of hidden in the code where you could sort of put that code. So I reserved a space for it. But I spent a lot of time making it so you could only do one at a time. Because I think that works better as a user experience. But yeah. If somebody wrote, I basically left out the, the place where somebody could write that code. So if somebody came and basically said, here's the code for that, I'd, I'd talk about putting it in. Well, I, I've tried and tried and tried for quite a while to come up with a reason or an excuse to really physically need to have to have a multi-kind. That's why I, I felt and it was I, such an edge case that I wasn't, I thought the experience worked better if it wasn't working that I, way. I, I, just ha I, I just haven't come up with anything that just desperately has to be that way. But um, I know, I know two people who've, really said that they wanted it but i'm not going oh, it. well I, I i've seen a few people request it too but i yeah i'm just saying because of the way that i designed the thing i'm not building it <laughs> it's one of the few features where i've said it just doesn't work with the design i did unless you're willing to write it i'm not doing it hashtag won't fix yeah but there are very few of those because there are other things where i've said okay I, if you don't want this feature in on, I'll put in a toggle. You can turn it off. Yeah. Well, I think the uh, the one thing you have changed to in the last week is now with the ability in semantic link backs to actually change the received type. Uh, yeah, and this is all within, part of um, within the user interface. Is you know that th that by itself fixes a lot of issues because more often than not, it's a user at the other end on their own site makes a determination of what type of web mention they're sending me. And based on how it displays on my side, I may, you know, I may not want it to be a mention. I may think that they wrote an interesting, either long or short article. And yes, they mentioned me, but I'd rather show it on my side as a, a reply. So having the ability to toggle that little switch to change how it displays on my site is stupendously awesome and even more so now that I don't have to go into the database and massage it manually. Well, it was always on my list if you actually looked. Oh yeah, no, it's been on there a while. Now the the reason that spurred a lot of this was um 
the whole privacy movement. I'm not going to say that I, I mean, you saw me sort of write how I feel about it. Which is yeah. Basically, um, some of the extremes that the privacy stuff has gone to, um, I don't approve of or I don't agree with. But it started a lot of conversations about what's our responsibility with data, mm-hmm. which is the part I do agree with. So even though some of these things I didn't necessarily want, I thought it was important that they be there. So uh, the ability to update and correct data. Um, and the thing is, there's no point in having the person who sends a web mention be able to update and correct data because you can just send another web mention, which would do it for you. That We support that. But on the yeah. back end, if somebody doesn't have that capability, I wanted to make sure that you could edit it very easily without having to fiddle in the database with it. So there's now a way to fix the image. There's now a way to change the type if it was rendered incorrectly. Mm-hmm. By the way, that would be overridden if somebody sends another web mention. Well, but yeah, but then I, I'd get a notification and pop up at the top of the list, and I'd go back and, and change it yet again. Yeah. Also, <laughs> it gave me the excuse to implement a list of things that I had for a while. Uh, so I basically put a bunch of other projects on hold, and considering that I seem to keep avoiding my syndication project anyway. <laughs> it's well, it's um, I had the same problem when I did um, simple location building a provider interface, which is basically a way to abstract out any service into an identical interface mm-hmm. is problematic because I have to make sure that no matter what service I'm passing to that I'm sending the same command every time. Yeah. And all of the details are being handled on the back end. So um, that type of design is sort of hard, and I keep sort of walking away from it to do little other things that I wanted to do. So I well, don't know when I'm actually going to complete that project. It's always easier to build the small, simple things than it is the big, the big, massive thing. So I went and started going down the semantic linkbacks uh, list, and in... Uh, at, I think it was Indie Web Camp Cambridge 2015. I built a little project. So um, in June of 2015, I went on a trip. And I started posting pictures. And you may notice that I'm much more active when I'm on vacation than I am when I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kept getting likes and other comments backfed from various places. And I would read the automatic response from WordPress and said, wait a minute, I have no idea what this is talking about because it's not taking, it's not describing it using the semantic linkbacks terms. Oh, yeah. So it just says if somebody made a comment and you have no idea, was it a like, was it a, well, a it, mention? It basic, yeah, so I wrote this little plugin at Indie Webcamp Cambridge that would basically update the email for all of that stuff. And as of, uh, let's see, over the weekend, it was those, I basically went and rewrote the thing, and it's now merged into semantic linkbacks. Has it pushed yet, or no. just merged? Um, okay. Well, the avatar stuff needs, still needs to go in. So this will be probably um, version 3.8, uh, which will basically incorporate a bunch of um, these notification features let's see what else do we have in here um notifications will be available there'll be a couple of um some settings improvements the 
um, settings will move in the event you have web mentions installed. The settings will merge into the web mention settings page. Mm-hmm. So there's no need for two pages. So there are a bunch of little things, but um, there are actually th- um, people were were saying when I was asking in the chat about this, which was basically uh, why would they want this, and if and why and can I turn it off? Mm-hmm. But the simple truth of the matter is, if you don't have the setting in WordPress that says send an email on comments, yeah, you wouldn't get it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I also put in one of the craziest features that's only available in debug mode. And what's that? Uh, Are you familiar with bulk actions? Oh, yeah. So um, there's a pull down in bulk actions where it's for comments where it says unapprove, approve, mark as spam, move to trash, where you can select multiple comments. Mm-hmm. Well, I needed a feature to manually send an email, so I built one in there. So if you turn on, in the new version, if you turn on debug mode, there's an option there that's resend moderation email. So it'll go back and send a thousand emails? If you if you click all the boxes. Yeah. Uh, there's also one, um, are you familiar with Pushover? Yeah, yeah. I've actually, I played around with it two years ago, and decided I didn't need extra notifications. Well, um, the other thing that I did is the same notification thing hooks into the um, pushover plugin for WordPress if you have it installed mm-hmm. and will send you pushover notifications. Um, let's see if I can do an example here. Um, so I have a like that I um, imported over from my main site into my test site. Yeah. So I just told it to, on demand, um, send a push notification to my phone and it's it says that same phrase you know blank like this note on whatever site it was yeah so it'll now send that to my phone and again that's still a setting where you enable the plugin and tell it to actually send that and is pushover is a paid if i remember it's a paid service too right a one-time payment yeah not a recurring one yeah okay yeah for some reason, I thought it was a recurring one. I remember they, I think they gave you a week or two weeks to try it out. Um, pushover, let's see. Um, pushover, basically, you buy the app, or you buy the, they have a desktop client, and that covers basically normal use. Um, mm-hmm. If you go above, I think it's like 10,000 pushes. It's yeah, so you, you need a really busy personal site to hit that limit. Yeah, and I forget what the current pricing is. Um, I don't remember it being crazy or outrageous. Although I do remember the trial period was almost too short for me to build the intermediary piece. There we are. Um, Android is $4.99 one time. That's not too bad. Yeah, so basically, you know, there are other things. Um, there's Push Bullet. There are other notification services, and it's just a hook. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea is if any if there's any plugin for WordPress that allows you to do this, then I would, and they have a hook in their WordPress app, then I would gladly put it in. So I'm not going to write a um, notification thing for semantic yeah. feedbacks. It's yeah, basically if there's a hook that allows you to customize the text. Yep. I'm willing well, to put good. it in. Well, I remember 
one of the first conversations I saw a couple of years ago while I was tracking some of the stuff in Known, that was one of the first things they were talking about is having reasonable, useful email notifications for that way you could easily tell if somebody liked your post and then you didn't have to actually open the email and click all the way through. Yeah, and that's that's basically what this is. You'd get a simpler notification that just did what it needed to do and then you could move on with your life. Yep. Same thing with the emails. There's an option for that too. So if I, if the push notifications are working, I can turn off the emails, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I have, at various different times, I have different needs. And again, I could be even more granular with that. Somebody said, well, what if you only want notifications of replies and not anything else? Mm. And that's a whole more complicated thing. But I thought it was just better to do this. And that allows me to collapse another custom plugin that I just had on GitHub. Yeah. So some well, notifications or, is gone. Or even if it's sending an email notification having the title of the email saying, you know, Sally Sue liked your post and the name of the post, then oh. you you don't even need to open the email up. You can thank you and either delete it or archive it or move on versus... Well, you can tell me whether or not... Jimmy uh, Joe Bob re actually replied, and then maybe then you open up the email to see the length of the reply. Um and that becomes a whole a whole lot more useful. Yeah, and again, uh, the text is still changeable, but it was basically the simplest uh, update that I could do. Yeah. So right now, it actually says, "Please, um, please moderate a like." If you get a moderation mm -hmm. email. Oh yeah, which I, is almost useless. Well, again, for now, but it starts somewhere. Yeah. That's so, not bad. Yeah, it was just more not being intrusive. And I'm waiting. I sub it prompted me to um, update a two-year-old um, track ticket about making it easier to update that information. Yeah. Oh, it's only two years old? I filed it two years ago. <laughs> oh, you filed it two years ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I found somebody who, after I filed it and update and refreshed the patch, actually um, seemed interested. Yeah. Not a oh, core committer, but at least somebody other than me cared. Yeah. No good, and was watching closely enough to. Well, it prompted me to to see if there were any other ones I wanted to update. Yeah. So I may see if I get something into four point nine point seven, or five point oh, which is doomsday. Well, I was more going to go with. Uh, I was commenting to somebody that it's sort of. I really thought it would be done by now. Yeah. Well, this you whole know, Gutenberg thing is just dragging on. That's one of those things is, you know, is Gutenberg, is 5.0 going to show up before Gutenberg is actually in the thing, or is it going to well, be... Well, they could do 4.10. They've never done a, a .10. Yeah. So it's not like it's outside of the realm of possibility to say we really, we've decided that Gutenberg is going to be 5.0. But the biggest problem is uh, the oxygen is sucked out of everything else. Yeah. Well, I, I still am of the opinion that instead of building this really amorphous crazy thing they probably would have been way better off building just the most magnificent micro pub endpoint ever seen to man and then allow people to build 
you know, an efflorescence of micropub clients that work with not, not even just WordPress, but anything out there. And they would have gotten the same fancy, lovely interface that they're looking for. Well, that's my solution. I'll end up with my solution is if I don't want to work with Gutenberg is it's going to be headless. Yeah. And I'll write a, I'll write a micropub client if I have to. Yeah. My micropub client might actually be built into WordPress. Or, or I said, I think I said to somebody earlier today, make WordPress your micropub client of choice that you use to micropub to your own website. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm saying there might be a point at which I end up with an interface. Yeah. Actually write a posting interface built into WordPress that in reality just posts to the back end using micropub. So I've got an interesting question because I've I'm in the back of my mind I've been thinking about the multi-type or multi-kind posts. And I, I did come across a use case. I, I think I've I've run into it before, but I ran into it again this last week where I made a read post of something that I read and then after I did it I thought, oh I should have I should have pinged uh indie news with this as well. But to do that would require a separate post with a bookmark type because that's how Indie News works is really it's pinging off of a bookmark type rather than a read or a watch or something else. Um, But then I thought I can get the same distance out of going through and adding into the code a micro format and and in fact i think it was a watch that i posted so i watched a video and i was like oh i need to i should send that to indie news so i went back and i hard-coded a bookmark of on top of the watch micro format or watch of micro format which you can do which is it was easy enough to do you know took 10 seconds and you know i hit refresh and bang zoom there it was but i'm curious how uh, semant- and I'm guessing it's in semantic linkbacks, how semantic linkbacks does its post-type discovery and how deep it goes in terms of what post kinds in particular offers as a variety. So when uh, in my mind, I think of... Well, I helped rewrite that code. Let me see what it says. Um... So, and while while you're looking at it, I, I kind of think of a link link blog type functionality, and within the link blog on my site, I include reads, likes, favorites, uh, actual bookmarks, and maybe there's maybe one or two other watches occasionally. But I, I think of those as bookmarks, but with a a specific flavor of you know, semantic difference. So in my mind, a, you know, the, 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 I read a post on the internet or I see it and I want to come back to it. I might just bookmark it, but if I'm really interested in it, I'll read it and read it right now and bookmark it as a, a read post. Or if I'm really super engaged with it, I'll, the next level up is a reply. Um, and then somewhere down at the bottom below that is a either a like or a favorite. Um, but I'm curious 
you know, how deeply semantic link backs differentiates between those. And since post kinds actually exists and is in kind of that suite is semantic link backs kind of differentiating heavily between reads and likes and favorites and just general bookmarks? Or does my theme adding those additional micro formats throw the wrench into other folks' sites? Because I imagine most most sites right now, unless it's a WordPress site, are not parsing reads, but they almost definitely are parsing bookmarks. I'm just looking at the, the list of stuff here now. Um, it goes through the properties, and then it returns the first match. So it's looking to see what um, basically the type is. If it doesn't find any matches, it would return mention, which is just the most generic thing. But it's looking um, basically one by one through the properties. So it depends on which one is, appears first. Mm -hmm. So it's whichever one is highest. And does it do it based on the order that they actually appear in the code? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Whichever one appears first in the code. So if I'm putting it in the code, I should have my read of property first in the list and then bookmark of second. So I don't break WordPress sites, but sites that don't accept reads would show it as a bookmark. Yes. Okay. Or more likely than not, that's how most sites would respond to it. I just wanted to make sure that's how I thought it was working. It basically goes with the first matches. And I think, as I recall, I don't think the wiki page actually included bookmarks specifically in, in its list. Either that or that wiki page needs to be updated. Always a possibility. I think it's, I want to say it started with Note and then went through RSVPs and a handful of others. Yeah. But bookmarks are fairly popular now. Yeah. But I was kind of surprised that bookmark wasn't in there. And if it is, then a few of these other types like um, reads and watches should supersede those. So if they're found first, as well, kind of. Well, if you do it in um, basically micropub, mm -hmm. um, if you had multiple types, I can tell you what would happen there because that code I have here also. So if you had a basically something that had multiple properties, there's a a logic that sets the kind based on what it is. So it would go, um, let's say, RSVP, check-in, repost, like, favorite, bookmark, watch, jam, listen, play, reply, video, photo, audio. Uh, then eat, drink, article note so right now nobody's there's no micropub client that does read type so i'm not actually accounting for um, red there's not but i have heard rumors so i probably should add it in that gregor is going to have a read micropub client relatively shortly yeah well i have you know um i have listen i have watch i, have, I don't have read 
I'll make a note of it. But my guess is that becomes a bigger issue too within the month if uh, Gregor finishes his micropub. No, that's just a line of code. Interface. That's just one line of code. I don't know if I'm going to actually do it right now, but at least I'm in note of it. Anyway. But I've been I've been debating this week adding in bookmark of markup on a handful of additional kind of link bloggy type things like reads and and mo- and and my, you know my use case for most of those is cross posting things to indie news or in some cases to you know there's a few cases where I'll post listens of podcasts like uh, Jeremy Churfus has a really great podcast called uh, Eat This Podcast about food and science and culture. And more often than not, I'll post on my site a listen, but I'll also write a comment or some little snippet. And, and now he, at least on his end, has the ability to quickly change that type from a listen to a reply or a comment. Um but if I can send them as both and prioritize one over the other to make him not have to, you know, it's his site. He honestly, he can choose which one it is at the end of the day, but I may have a preference of how I send that web mention in anticipation of how it might be displayed, which I don't know if a lot of people actually think that as they're sending them. But I always, in some sense, kind of picture what is this going to look like on someone else's site? Well, you have some control over it, but you don't have complete control. Well, it's not my site, so I, you know, I shouldn't have ultimate control. Yeah, but you always have the ability to provide feedback to others. But I also think about when I'm sending web mentions, I'm thinking about the UI aspect of how they look like on their site so that when others are reading them, you know, particularly in the case when people haven't maybe spent the extra minutes, days or hours or weeks of writing code to actually force particular displays of data. Uh, But if I can be helpful on the sending side, in fact, actually, as I say that, I already know there's three things I screwed up a week ago that are sending weird uh, weird web mentions, and I need to go in and fix some code to make that not happen. But I've been, I spent the weekend trying to work on forking at the 2012 theme to make it a little more indie web friendly. Well, I did that once. And it's really oh, do, do you have an example of it? No, the I did that with the 2016 theme. Oh, yeah, I was going to say you did 2016, but I'm I, I I think when I saw I'd seen it ages ago, and I was I guess inspired a little bit by Manton Reese's version forked version of 2012. It it it's very clean and sparse particularly and easily readable for a personal website. But it's also a very popularly used theme, I think. 
but I'm just stunned at the horrific use of how they throw in H feed. Yeah, that's why if you notice um, when everything. I yeah when I basically <laughs> did it, I backported a whole bunch of things that that came from other places, including all the updates to underscores, which is the was the base theme for several yeah. stock themes. All the yep. up the things I convinced them to do. So I convinced them to not put H feed on everything. Which shouldn't need convincing, yeah. honestly. I, you know, dynamically added pinback headers. I did all these I backported all these changes that I'd worked to get into various places. So what is the benefit of having a dynamically generated pingback header? What does that actually do? Well, right now, uh, most themes have the pingback header hard-coded. This would basically mean that you could remove the filter. Uh, this is sort of a th um, what WebMention does is it automatically adds the header to your site. Um, but pingbacks, you can't remove the header because it's coded into the theme. Um, and they can't really change that, even though there have been uh, various tickets on the matter because there are so many themes that have it. They'd have to basically filter it through every single theme and convince them all to update. So, so you're saying this hard-coded pingback setup makes it harder for web mentions to work properly? No, it's a pingback only issue. Okay. I'm just using it as an example of something where I backported a change. Okay. Um, remember, I am the pings and trackbacks component maintainer for WordPress core. Oh, you're doing a bang-up job, too, I have to say. I am giving it as much attention as people demand of it, which is apparently <laughs> very little. Um, well, um, just to give you one example of that as we sort of wrap up, I was sent a message back in March saying, I'm doing an audit of component maintainers, and you're listed as the maintainer for pings and trackbacks. I'm looking to confirm that you want to continue as an active maintainer with the additional expectation that we'll be looking to component maintainers to help focus on Gutenberg-related track tickets ahead of the 5.0 release. So are you interested and available to keep maintaining this? We'll be soliciting addition for additional maintainers. So quick, oh, I, I uh, can't wait to see how Gutenberg supports linkbacks and trackbacks. Uh, it's well, going to be awesome, isn't it? Well, I, I basically uh, went back and said, I'm interested in continuing in the position. However, there is no Gutenberg intersection with pingbacks that I know of. So I would have to ask how that intersect. Yeah. Uh, to which um, I uh, to which I got the response, none that I'm immediately aware of. <laughs> so I basically told them if the, de if the demand is that I participate in Gutenberg and there's no intersection between my maintaining of the pings and trackbacks component and Gutenberg, I am prepared to tender my resignation. Yeah. They said, well, uh, if there's no Gutenberg intersection, are you interested and available to maintain pingbacks in a world free of Gutenberg-related track tickets? Yeah. So I said yes. Well, you watch. Somebody somehow will figure out a way to try and recreate web mentions in a Gutenberg world using pingbacks or trackbacks. Somebody's going to come up with it, in which case you'll be right there to say, "Hey, don't reinvent the wheel." Well, they have to go through the they have to go through the pings and trackbacks component maintainer. Yeah, well, and thus they end up with the right traffic cop. Yeah, well, um, 
I don't know about that because I really feel like I should be doing more um, and submitting. Nobody seems to be submitting any large number of components to the tra- um, pings and trackbacks component list. So, so you're I, did, saying- I do have the smallest uh, component in WordPress. It has fewer tickets than any other component. Well, that's because you're maintaining it so well. Uh, well, I've added more. I've added more tickets than I've taken away. <laughs> uh, but by the way, that includes. Uh, let's see. What do we have here? Um, Are, well, here's the question: Are there any ten-year-old tickets in your queue? I got rid of a few actually when I first started. Okay. Uh, there are currently no. Uh, let's see, 2005. Uh, there are some. The lowest number I have is 5,130. Tickets or tickets? No, number 11 years old. Oh, okay. And uh, basically. Um, my uh, the last person to comment on it um, two years ago was basically, and I quote: "At this time, being as we haven't reached a conclusion in nearly a decade, I'm suggesting that we just add support for plugins to address this externally and close the ticket." But it's still open. Uh, well, they didn't agree with my approach two years ago. No, um, okay. I probably should refresh that. Well, somebody will hear this this week, and they'll go in and figure out a way to... Yeah, well, either way, um, that's link. if you're wondering, it's linking to multiple posts on your site breaks pingbacks due to comment flooding. Which sounds like a serious usability issue. Yeah, but bear in mind, those are self-pings. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. I could talk. I could talk about my my tenure as the pings. I really feel like I should get a business card just to see how much people laugh when they see it. Oh, that would totally that would totally make it worth going to every word camp everywhere just to hand out that business card. I, I, you see, you're tempting me to do it, but I'm not allowed to use the WordPress logo, am I? And that's the trademark of the foundation. Uh, yeah, but you know, you could. You could do it as a personal card, but still use the title. I don't. It's be, it's better than my you know fantasy business card where I want I want to put the title uh, Cresmo Logos on it. You'll have but to now we're that one. now now we're getting into the uh, you know the obscure references portion of the show, which well, always happens. Well, bear just in mind for we, me it's one thirty in the morning, so um, you're. Before uh, we wrap up, I always get weird after midnight. There you go. Well, I'll let you then go to sleep, and then tomorrow when you wake up, you can. Uh, well, I was do... worried last time I, I recorded with you late at night. For me, I was feeling tired, so this time I took a nap. Yeah. So I'm I'm good for another twenty minutes, but I'm going to well, wrap up and start getting ready for bed. It's getting late here, and you know I have at least three or four watch posts. I want to make, but to do that, I have to actually watch some things. So. Okay. Well, you go watch some things. I'm going to go wrap up on a few things before I go to bed. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Well, for those of you listening to this after the fact, um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, This was sort of a a dive into something a little different. Um, For those of you who don't care about WordPress, hopefully you found it interesting. For those of you who do, um, 
I don't know. Um, is this sort of like the the behind the magic tour at Disney? Almost. But I I think there's enough interesting stuff here that even though it applied to WordPress, really applies to any site well, out there. It applies there. to how you would do stuff and why yeah. I design things in a certain way. Again, um, I don't think I talk about it often enough because people don't look at the code to that level. And I'm designing a lot of the times for later generations who don't necessarily get this sort of stuff but it's all built there so that somebody who wanted to build on it could but the default is designed for what i think not only i would want but what i think would be easy for people Mm -hmm. and if it isn't easy it's sometimes because i just haven't made it easy enough yet but it'll get there and god bless you i've been at it for four years i don't think i'm going anywhere anytime soon Except back to another exile in Manila, which means I'll be much more productive. Because what else do I have to do in Manila? There you go. Uh, oh, but, have you have you chosen your uh, Indie Web Summit uh, pre-project? Uh, if I announce it here, then it might spoil the surprise, especially if I surprise myself and don't do it. Oh, and well, that's but that, I think that's why Tom Tech goes around asking people to say it out loud is. Well, you've noticed that uh, I, I have a lot of do it. I have a lot of different things I've done. I, if I just demo some of the things I've done this week, oh, geez, you know, I had a productive weekend. I On mean, that I, note, before I go to bed, I just got a I just got a um, GitHub message from um, the creator of Semantic Linkbacks that if I do one thing, he'll merge my pull request. So I'm tempted to do that before I go to bed. Oh, there you go. Well, and then you get, and if you do that, then you catch him in German time and and get it done before tomorrow when you wake up. I spend a lot I spend a lot of time talking to people in Europe, so yeah. I'm used to it. On that note, oh. uh let us wrap up for the evening. Again, uh you can find me on my website at david.shansky.com or hanging around the IndieWeb WordPress uh room which is available on our Slack as well as IRC. And or Matrix. What? Or Matrix. Oh, I forgot about Matrix. It's available um, wherever your chatting needs are desired. Uh, beyond that, of course, um, Chris, you can be found at bafosaco.com or often in those very same chat rooms. Yep. So until next time, when this podcast will once again resume, whenever that will be, uh, I assume we're going to get at least one more in before the summit. Well, I hope so. Maybe and we should record maybe, one at the summit. And then, yeah, I was going to say, and then we should probably do something live at the summit with you know one or two others while we're there. So, well, I'll see what I can. Uh, I'll see if I can bring my portable recorder. Yep. Pick the little one or the big one. All of them. Well, no, I have a little portable recorder with two microphones. But I'll see. Um, I f- if I don't remember it, then I'm sure that Aaron Parecki has enough recording equipment for the both of us, and yeah. possibly five more people. Yeah, and what he doesn't, do. and what he doesn't have, Marty surely will have. Yeah, but bear in mind, if, aside from the fact that I don't want to haul it anywhere on a plane, I haven't. I I could basically do a four person roundtable if I really wanted to. Yeah. Well, if I remember, I think Aaron has uh, access to a. A movable trailer of audio goodness. I I was in said audio trailer last last Indie Web Summit, and I will say one thing. Yeah, 
it's not a good place to be during the summer. Oh well, hot <laughs> in there. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that part of it, but I was jealous that I missed last year. Well, we, we were disappointed. Didn't get the tour. We, um, all I can say about the tour, it is a very nice setup. However, it is a Gulf Stream, in, and it was 100 degrees. With no air conditioning. With uh, no stream. Uh, well, at the time, we nothing was on. I believe they do have something, a way to cool it down. But we were in there, and it was boiling. A streaming Gulf Stream with no air stream. Yes. Okay. Oh, so you're note, right. It's not a Gulf Stream. It's an air stream. Or an air, yeah. Gulf Stream something else. Gulfstream's a plane. Airstream's a yes. That's but they both. They both have wheels. Yes. All right. Slap happy late at night. Signing off. Okay. Until next time. I feel like we should get a theme song. Maybe it should be from Aaron Perky's One Hundred Days of Music. I think he needs to do a hundred and first day. So we have. I'm just saying that because that seems to be what everybody's using nowadays, and you know, I wouldn't want to not jump on the bandwagon. Oh yeah. There is that. My solution to not wanting to get into licensing issues was to use basically public domain music. The yeah. last time I did a podcast. Or maybe we could remix some of his uh, 100 Days and come up with something. I'm sure we could think of something. Well, I have no musical talent, so you know I'll leave it at that before the... Uh, neither do I. I've been trying to learn how to play this Irish whistle. Uh, oh, no. Before you even pick it up and start playing, we're we're signing off. We're done. Bring the Irish whistle with you to the summit. I'll bring my kazoo and harmonica. We'll go to town. I don't think I've quite mastered it. Uh, or we could see if, uh, you know, if Jeremy Keith is coming, maybe maybe he'll bring uh, some of his instruments and we can come up with something useful. I think I'll switch to the harmonica. I have one in the drawer here somewhere. I actually sort of can play a few songs on that. Anyway, until next time, uh, me, my harmonica, my Irish whistle, and Chris Aldrich will be back next time. Have a good one.